Welcome to the First Right Podcast, your weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration Pack. I'm Doug Truax, founder and president of Restoration Pack. This week, we've got some staff here on uh, Restoration Pack on the show. We have our executive director, John Pierman, and our director of communications, Dan Curry. And we are going to talk about the state of the race, which is uh, all consuming at this point. So, uh, guys, welcome to the show. Well, let's uh, jump in here. So let's look at last year. Um, the good old days of how 2016 went. Uh, you can see uh, how it played out, and we were all hoping for something like that, which- Trump won in yeah. 2016? Yeah, big time. Okay, big yeah. Time. I wasn't yeah. sure that, had, that, that they'd called it yet at AP. Yeah. <laughs> right, uh, exactly. So. Or if anybody in DC was acting like it. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, so then let's go to where we are now. Yeah, before um, we go, uh, if we could just go back to the other one real quick. I just want to, you know, see the red states at the top. These are the key things to look at here are obviously Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania were red in 2016, as was obviously Arizona. Um, so if we go to the next slide, then uh, you'll see some of these states are, are looking blue on this particular map. That's one of the key difference areas uh, in case you've been living in a cave or under a rock or, uh, or just tuning this out. Uh, so so what we're talking about today, and we're you know now on the third day after uh, voting began here, is uh, undecideds in Georgia and North Carolina, which carry a combined 31 electoral votes, uh, undecided state of Pennsylvania at this point, and then Nevada is still in the up for grabs category. Arizona has been called for Biden, but prematurely. Yeah. And there are efforts underway in all of these states, both from a counting standpoint and a legal standpoint, to uh, clarify the vote counts. and Get some clarity. So there are yeah, two ways, sure. as it stands right now on the map we're looking yeah. at right now, for Trump to succeed. Mm -hmm. Both of those ways require him getting Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Georgia. Mm -hmm. uh, and then one option would be he gets those three states that you see on the eastern uh, side of the United States and adds Nevada. Mm -hmm. That'll give him 270-plus. Uh, or he does those three states and adds Arizona. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I would say that both of those are precarious uh, tasks uh, at, at, the, at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so Doable, uh, difficult, but doable, right? right? Trump campaign is expressing uh, extreme optimism yeah, sure. that they can, that they said by Friday, the country will know that he's mm -hmm. still the president. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, you know, I, I think Arizona is a difficult one um, just because there's still, you know, and I don't know if you want to go to that next slide there. Yeah, that's what we are. I think if we go, you know, real detailed here, I think it's better to start with Arizona because I think that was the one I know yep. when I was watching and they Fox went and called it, I was thinking, what the heck just happened here? So let's get into this and uh, see where we are and, and what's possible. Well, I've already been criticized for my slide here, which is justified because uh, there's a lot of content on this yeah, slide. No, it's, it's but thorough, yeah. it's, <laughs> thorough. It is, it's complete. So <laughs> these are the 470,000 votes that are still out there in Arizona and where they exist by county. Um, so I, I think if you really just focus in on Maricopa being the largest, that is actually, I believe, the largest uh, number of voting members in any county in the U.S. is in uh, Maricopa County. And there are still 282,000 plus out there and, you know, additional 18,000 provisionals. So mm -hmm. yesterday in the in the counting that was going on in Arizona, Trump was averaging 57 percent plus in what was being counted, which was largely from Maricopa, which was very good for him. 
Uh, unfortunately, of the 470,000 remaining, not all of these are in Republican areas. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of, like provisional ballots, generally speaking, those are Democratic voters, uh, largely by a, a significant percentage. Uh, so anytime you're looking at provisionals uh, on this or some of these other counties, like, for instance, Pima County, which is where Tucson is, which is largely Democratic, uh, or Apache uh, or Coconino, uh, which is Flagstaff, uh, highly Democratic areas. There's still a lot of ballots out there from those areas. Trump needs to, out of this 470,000 remaining votes, continue to get 57% of that to overcome the deficit in Arizona. So that's a tall task. Uh, I'm not saying it's impossible, but because uh, he could run a higher margin in Maricopa in, in the largest percentage of the ballots remaining, uh, above 57%, and make up for uh, you know any shortfalls that he might have in these other counties with fewer ballots. But that's the test that's ahead of them, you know, as we look at the remaining ballots to be counted in Arizona. Um, so we have a much shorter margin in, in Nevada where he's down 7,000 votes. And so the better path for him right now is to hold Georgia, hold North Carolina, win Pennsylvania, and then win Nevada. Uh, that gets him the White House, so that he already has. Right. Uh, <laughs> so. Back to where we started. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, Dan, do you want to add anything to that? No, I think the key is if we can get, you know, past Arizona and Georgia and isolate Pennsylvania, where we have the U.S. Supreme Court to back us up because they're doing all kinds of screwy things in Pennsylvania because they control, you know, the uh, Supreme Court and the governor and the secretary of state. And I think Joe DeGeneva described the uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court as the most corrupt in the United States. Um just this morning, I know this will be outdated by the time we do the, uh, the, the you know, the, before this airs, but just this morning, the Trump got an injunction from a judge in Pennsylvania to allow their people into, you know, to watch the ballots being processed, which they were not allowed before, or they were not allowed close access to. And right after that, there was all kinds of news reports saying that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court had had uh, reversed that judge's decision, but just as we, and these were from regular news people out there, but then just as uh, we were about to go to the podcast, I, there was a tweet that came out from the Pennsylvania Supreme Court saying that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court has not issued a reversal of that. So what a screwed up situation. I mean, how did all these news people say that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court did this and then they didn't do it? So that's the kind of chaos we're already seeing in Pennsylvania. And if we can get this up to Pennsylvania, ultimately with all the chaos and all the shenanigans they're pulling up there, you know, we have the U.S. Supreme Court as a backup and with a new, you know, justice there, we have a good chance of prevailing on, you know, some really bad fraud, you know, practices that are going on, look like they're going on in Pennsylvania. So that's, you know, that's the uh, aspirational part of this, but we, we're not there yet, obviously. I'm a little worried about Georgia. You know, Georgia, there's not that many votes left, but, you know, people are sleeping on that a little bit because that could tip at the last minute, and that would be very problematic for our side. Mm -hmm. Three quick points I'd make on yeah. what Dan just said. Uh, one is, yes, it, it Pennsylvania becomes moot if you don't first get Nevada or Arizona, yeah. and you have to hold Georgia and North Carolina. Sure. So. Uh, but if we're able to do that, uh, you know, get either Arizona or Nevada and hold Georgia and North Carolina, 
the Pennsylvania legal battle is a is a very positive one for us potentially, not just because we now have that ninth member of the Supreme Court, uh, but most importantly because the the law is on our side. Uh, so you know, just speaking as a lawyer for a second on this, without taking it down a rabbit hole, there you know, the the issues that are allowing for some of these ballots that are supposedly being segregated from traditional ballots to be considered for counting are things that are not statutory. These are um, discretionary changes that Secretary of State or local election authorities have tried to make to allow for counting of more ballots that wouldn't count based on the, on the statutory interpretation. So, you know, we believe that if this goes up to a higher court outside of the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, I'm not going to call them crooks uh, as Curry was, but uh, <laughs> you know, okay. regardless of what they where what their politics might be, you know, getting this to the point where you're just looking at the law and and, and looking right. at it on the on the yeah. on its face, we we like our odds on that one. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it it will be moot if we don't have the numbers in these other states because then Pennsylvania is just not going to matter on this except for down the ballot races within the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah, for sure. So assuming then that the rest does play out, this whole Pennsylvania thing, I'm sure people are listening to you guys talk about it and are thinking, well, how does this play out timing wise? Right. You know, what does that what does that look like? You know, Trump campaign saying, oh, Friday we're going to. How does it? It's 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 very quick, obviously as quick as it can be. But just what's your opinion on? on timing on all this, assuming we get the other stuff done. What's the Pennsylvania timing? 48 hours, 72 okay. hours. Yeah, uh, sure. You know, it, it could be really quick. So mm -hmm. just taking 2000, for instance, you know, I was in Florida for some of that period of time when they were doing recounts in the Gore-Bush uh, uh, race. And, uh, you know, the, the rulings were coming down from state and federal courts and even the Supreme Court within generally 48, 72 hours of these things being presented to them. And uh, I think you could expect the same, if not more expedited this time mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. uh, and it seems like 2000 was so calm by comparison to 2020 and all of this stuff, but you know, it wasn't where I was. And I would remind people that we didn't have the internet and social media in 2000 to the extent that we have right now yeah. uh, to be able to sort of amp things up a little bit. And one other point I'll make on this before we jump from this topic is on the Philadelphia lawsuit that Dan referenced regarding pool watchers, uh, money that you directed to the Lawyers Democracy Fund uh, was is what resulted in the lawsuit that was filed uh, in Philadelphia to restore these pool watchers to the polling places. So that is money that was directly contributed from restoration, restoration action to lawyers democracy fund that went for that purpose. Yeah, so yeah. congratulations to you for congratulations uh, for you to, to you for pulling it off. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this, yeah. that is a Good win uh, yeah, yeah, for, so. for the Republicans. And, and it's something that, you know, we participated in the funding. Yeah. Of. Yeah. It's so. exciting. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, it's good to uh, keep up on these things and to do good work, uh, especially in the face of after we went through all we went through to get to where we are, to be able to say, okay, we're, we're participating after the fact when it still hangs in the balance. You know, there's, yep. a, there's a lot going on up to this point, And now still, I think we're all, you know, everybody's got all kinds of fatigue in 2020. We just need to get past this and get a good result. And if anybody can do it, if anybody can pull this off, it's Trump. Right. You know, I, mean, I, I look at it, I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty, it's gonna be tough. You know, that's, that's tough stuff. But that's, he's the kind of guy that uh, you look at what he's been through the last four years and, uh, you know, he's steeled and ready for it. Right. So we'll see what happens. And, and uh, being perfectly honest, just watching a lot of presidents, you know, in recent years uh, or presidential candidates, you know, I, I think a lot of people on our side feel like 
if it were George Bush or George W. Bush or Romney or McCain that they'd be giving Biden tours of the White House yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they know yeah. Trump's not going down without a fight on That's this right. one. And he's, yeah, he he's does have out. nine lives. So, yeah. <laughs> right. So it, it don't rule anything out <laughs> until right. it, it's all done. Yeah. yeah. It does yeah, one other quick point before we go on the uh, like the Arizona situation, if if uh, it doesn't have to be Trump doesn't necessarily have to pull ahead. I mean, if he pulls within 5000 or something like that, then that's still in play. You know, I know the recounts don't usually change that many votes, but with all the different uh, allegations of fraud out there, as John mentioned before, before they certify a vote. If they find dead voters, they find, uh, you know, irregularities, they can change those votes beforehand. You get down, you know, within 5,000 or something, and you can flip that state. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a little bit of a margin of error. Same on the other side. If, if Georgia or Biden falls short a little bit and they get within, you know, a few thousand, um, you know, they could flip it the other way. So, you know, it, it's not an absolute. Yeah, for sure. Sure. The other thing I was going to bring up and we didn't talk about ahead of time was just voter participation. I'm seeing stuff around and I, you know, I'm not having taken the time to verify every single thing, but you look at the registration as a percent, you know, percentage of participation as the percentage of registration, it's like off the charts. And so that goes to the thing about, okay, well, this mail thing, you know, wow, we really, the Pandora's box on this thing, but, uh, is, is, is that a, is that an indicator then to you guys? If you look at some numbers, there's such a, a swing and okay, we've got this many more votes in this state. Is that, is that an obvious uh, sign that there's easier, you know, back to the recount thing, if you only get, you know, 150 votes and you do recount, but in this case, would we get that much more, you know, because we've got this, this uh, mail thing out there. We have people who work here right now that yeah. are looking into that very thing as, as we speak. And, you know, it's one of those things where, I know the president is kind of a tweet first, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, document it later type of guy. Um, and and that that's his thing. You know, for us, I think we want to make sure and there have been a lot of allegations out there. There you know, some high profile, credible news stories that say that Wisconsin's participation was maybe as high as 89 percent, uh, which would be historic in the modern era for an election. Yeah. Um, and it probably wasn't right. Uh, so we're looking at individual, you know, returns for not just, you know, a particular county, but for individual precincts uh, within areas that are prone to these types of irregularities. Uh, and we're, like many other organizations, going to zero in then on exactly where this occurred and how it could have occurred. Um, and we're going to help people get to the bottom of this. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, we, we're we're laser focused on that. Yeah. And we, you know, we do have, thankfully, good relationships with the Republican National Lawyers Association and the Lawyers Democracy Fund that we've talked about. So uh, we're we're going to alert them and get their lawyers active on the things that we're spotting as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, it's there. Yeah. Um, it, and, and it's always there. Mm -hmm. it, they, you know, Dan and I have worked together on enough races that we could tell you, you know, certain areas that are going to produce 102 percent or 104 yeah. percent of their right. registered voters right right, right. Um, and they're consistent on right. it and they never seem to be caught yeah. uh, and it continues to happen sure uh, question is how mm -hmm. and i think the point that you raised with us the when we were talking about this on wednesday morning about what to do about what we find from this particular election you said never again mm. and i think that has to be the goal for not just restoration pack as an organization but Every American, even if you're a Democrat, um, mm -hmm. 
you know, fraud hurts everybody. Um, and it might help one side more than another in, in, in certain instances. But uh, we need to make sure that we have a system for voting that people can have confidence in that one vote, one person, uh, that one person, one vote, yeah. that principle yeah. uh, is legitimate. And it's not watered down for either side. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if fairness exists uh, for, for everybody, then we don't have to do this after questioning. And, that's right. Uh, that it, it affects everything uh, right. in, a, in a negative way. So that that is that's certainly an organizational goal of mm-hmm. ours. Uh, you know, this year, next year, forever. Yeah. So. Yeah. Got to keep. Yeah, I mean, up. The, the fact that um, what we saw the last four years, the Democrats would do anything, have done yeah. anything to undermine President Trump, frame people, you know, indict them, uh, do all kind of impeach. Trump, they they did everything, you know, unlawfully with whatever means possible to think that they are, were going to play this election, you know, straight, straight and narrow is illogical. And, you know, the key component was to get those mail out ballots to flood the zone with all these mail out ballots. You know, the uh, top ranking official in Nevada, a Republican official, uh, Laxalt, said that, you know, there have been thousands and thousands of mail-in ballots uh, processed in Nevada without any Republicans looking at them. That's the key. You know, these ballots that are being thrown in the drop boxes and everything, they can be from anywhere. I mean, why why would they have, I mean, if there's going to be no Republicans looking at these ballots, um, what's going to prevent, you know, them putting in fraudulent, you know, matching up names that are available for them you know, on the voter rolls and throwing on a fake signature or whatever. I mean, what? there's nothing to prevent them from it. And John, you have personal experience. Um, you know, some of the, some Republicans I, I always hear, they say, well, there is bipartisan oversight of these elections. You can monitor and so forth. But the reality is, in these urban areas, you've been a poll watcher, uh, a Republican poll watcher in various urban areas. And they kick you out. They don't let you go in there, even though the law says you're allowed to go in there. So that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So and they know it. It's one party rule. So it's uh, this mail this mail out voting is a cancer on our country. It has to stop because it, there's just no way to monitor it. There's no way to be um, for us to have any confidence in the uh, in the results here. And so I think. Republicans are finally going to get a little more serious about vote fraud. You know, they talk a good game about it, but they really never do much. And the Democrats spend all their time looking for openings. And they got their opening to do this because of COVID. You know, mm-hmm. that's that was their opening. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's what the, that's probably what the difference is in some of these states now is these are these mail mail out ballots. Yeah, it feels like they've got a system in place already to be corrupt. And we, shame on us, as Republicans, have been too trusting or, oh, it'll be fine, you know, just a little bit here, a little bit there. But if you let that go long enough and they build a system around the, uh, around cheating and, you know, I think some of it, too, it's like getting take you, you get your good nature taken advantage of in some ways. It's like, you know, we're on our side. I'm not saying that all Republicans are, you know, but on our side, we're like, hey, what's the right thing to do? It's the moral thing to do. You're not going to disenfranchise and all that stuff. We can never again underestimate 
the amount of stuff that's going on on the other side about them trying to figure out how can I take this to the next level? And then this mail thing just fell on their lap, you know, and they say, hey, it's a pandemic. This is a great opportunity. Let's keep Joe in the basement and then we'll just get the mail out and then we'll see what happens after the fact. And then stop counting. Yep. You know, it's, it just stinks. The whole thing stinks. It does. And, you know, we, we, we're not going to be the party, though, that spends four years whining about this. That's right. Um, you know, um, like we talked about in, in our internal discussions, you know, you, you're never going to, even if you lose a game because of a bad call, you're never going to blame the refs for it. Yeah. You know, ultimately, you don't want the game to be close enough that the refs call could influence it. That's and, right. and so, you know, we're going to move forward and we're going to help to fix this system that's, that's broken mm -hmm. by whatever means we have available to us to do so. Yeah, and let me take your analogy one step further. You can't let the referees change the rules of the game without you, <laughs> without you knowing that they're changing them, right? And then you start the game, it's like, oh, this is a new rule. I think I used to play with my kids, you know, Axis and Allies. One of my sons was really good at knowing the rules, and none of us were, right? And he pulls something out. Well, it says right there, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. it does say right there, you know? Well, and, and in so, all fairness, you know, part of it is that, you know, when Trump's constantly you know, screaming that the sky is falling, that people, you know, ignore him some of the instances when the sky is actually falling. And, mm -hmm. and he did sound, and we sounded, and every other organization out there alarms yeah. about the potential for fraud that would exist under these circumstances. And still, you know, when they control the mechanisms of government, you know, yeah. and, and I'm not going to get all conspiratorial on you, but, you know, there is... Oh, please do, John. There, <laughs> there, there is a concerted effort on yeah. the other side sure. to make sure that they are electing people to county clerk positions, yep. secretary of state positions, yep. state's attorney positions. They control the mechanisms to be able to provide discretionary mm -hmm. uh, insight into how ballots will be, in, you know, handled in a variety of ways, from, a, from mailing them out to how they're counted when they're received. Mm -hmm. And... If they control of all of these things, especially in the larger cities, as Dan was mentioning, you know, in the city of Chicago, your election judges who are appointed, you appoint your Democrats and you appoint your Republicans. And since no Republicans apply and it pays, they appoint Democrats in there who get paid to be Republican election judges. They're not Republicans, they're Democrats. And this happens not just in Chicago, but every major city across Amazing. the nation, right? Yeah. So when a roving attorney like myself shows up in a polling place and right. asks for information, they then call the police and say, remove this person. They're trying to disrupt voting here. They're trying to dis disenfranchise voters or in some ways, uh, you know, uh, discourage people from voting, right? So I've had to go and then get in front of a judge and get back into polling places in yeah. many instances. And this is not just my story. This is the story of Republicans who are trying to watch elections all over the country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is an imperfect system made less perfect this time by the circumstances and we are seeing the results of that yeah we just got well you can also see you can also see look at uh, florida how many ballots they processed in florida they have complete transparency as soon as you vote you know as soon as you uh, uh register to vote as soon as you uh cast your ballot it's it's online immediately they they were done by what 11 o'clock that yep. whole state, that's what the third largest state or whatever it is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Pennsylvania and uh, Georgia, they just keep finding, you know, taking days off. They're, uh, you know, taking pauses. I mean, this can be done right. But when you're not, when you're thinking of ways to manipulate the system, you know, that's what you get in these democratic states. I mean, there's just no way. Why can Florida do it by 10 or 11 o'clock with more ballots in Pennsylvania? And we're still going in Pennsylvania. We're going to be going for four or five more days. Yeah, how about it? And I think as conservatives, too, we 
always tend to say, well, let's not have a nationwide standard on certain things because you don't want that to get out of control. But it's getting so diffused as far as how this is done. We have to have we have to talk about this and get something figured out. And uh, we need the presidency to do that, too. So but if uh, we don't have the presidency, uh, we still have the Senate. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. All right. Well, so, get, get the whole thing done one of these days. But right. yeah, that's right. So. Um, so let's talk about the Senate for a minute. Uh, sure. Yeah. So it, I, I, I mean, I feel pretty good. Yeah. What do you guys think? So worst case scenario, we're in a 50-50 scenario, but that's not going to happen. It's mm -hmm. going to be 52-48. And we, we definitely have a, a slide on this as well somewhere in here. Uh, but uh, I think in terms of, you know, we lost a couple seats and we knew we were going right. to lose a couple. Right. And, and we did, did lose McSally in Arizona and in Colorado, I, though I didn't put the name on there. I apologize. Uh, that was Cory Gardner's seat that we lost. Um, and then we defeated a Democrat incumbent in Alabama uh, in Doug Jones, uh, Tommy Tuberville, Coach Tuberville, now the uh, mm -hmm. uh, newly elected senator there. And then we held the heavily challenged seats in Georgia where there were two of them. Uh, you know, Loeffler is going to be in a running in a runoff on January 5th in Georgia for her seat. Uh, it's still debatable whether Sonny Perdue is going to be in a runoff or not. Right now he has 50.6% of the vote. He needs 50% of the vote to avoid the runoff. But even if we get into two runoffs in Georgia, we're not going to lose both of those seats. In fact, we probably will hold both of those seats. And then Susan Collins, yeah. despite polling, held her seat in Maine. Uh, Steve Daines in Montana. And Tom Tillis, though it's not been called yet, is likely to hold his seat in North Carolina. So that gives us, assuming we hold our two Georgia seats, a 52-48 advantage. Yeah, great, great outcome. And we picked up, what, like six or eight or ten it, house seats? It, yes, six or eight or ten is, is about <laughs> right because, you know, some of these are still in, in yeah. dispute. Uh, mm -hmm. So, uh, but, uh, you know, I think we all want to take a moment on this program to talk about how excited we are about Jim Oberweiss. <laughs> Why do you have to do that? <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh, but yeah, he is one of those uh, in the six or eight or 10 That's scenario. Right. Uh, right. and, uh, and I think, you know, we have another one, you know, Esther King in uh, the uh, Quad Cities in Illinois who nearly pulled an upset of Sherry Bustos, mm -hmm. which who was the head of the big, yeah, yeah, Democratic yeah. Campaign That's Committee. Right. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, they're. That this was a huge loss for Pelosi and her team. You know, they were boasting that they thought they might pick up ten or twelve or fifteen seats, and and they're going to be down potentially ten seats. Yeah. So, there there were a lot of good things for Republicans here. And and the one thing that I will caution everybody against is you know, th this whole you know the world's going to end if Biden ends up being president. I don't want it to happen. Nobody here wants that to happen. But if it does happen, you know, I thought the world was going to end in two thousand eight when Obama was elected and largely because he had the house and the Senate. Yeah. Right. And you know what? We lived through it. That's right. Um, and, That's right. uh, and barely. Yep. But it, the reason we have Senate <laughs> majorities right yeah. now on the Republican side was because he was president for yeah. eight years. Yeah. Sure. Um, right. People recognize the importance of us keeping that chamber mm -hmm. and, and we fought hard here and we were involved in several of those seat, yep. seats that you saw on the board that we held. Yeah. Um, and we darn near got John James over the line in Michigan and, you know, under different election circumstances mm -hmm. uh, in terms of how ballots are being received and counted. John James is probably, you know, the next senator from Michigan right now. But uh, it's unfortunate for him that's not going to be the case. But, uh, you know, understand that court packing and some of these other crazy things that we've heard the Democrats conspiring to do are not going to be possible with, you know, Mitch McConnell running the Senate. Yeah, so, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you read the uh, the Democratic websites and the from the pundits and so forth they're not 
particularly happy. I mean, they're happy that Trump, they think Trump is going to lose. But other than that, they're pretty gloomy for that that outcome that Trump might be leaving. They seem to be depressed. It's very weird mm-hmm. because yeah. they know they know that it was a kind of repudiation of the liberal agenda. The far left agenda was pretty much smacked down everywhere. Yeah, it's important to mention, I think, that Trump, you know, like him or, or loathe him, it, he put together the most racially diverse uh, group of, of voters this time that any Republican has in 60 years. Yeah. And, you know, that, I guess if we're looking at reasons why, you know, we gave back some of the states that we gave back, well, let's just focus on Michigan and Wisconsin right now and assume that's the case. Um, you know, just looking at the numbers, I would say, yes, Trump did better with minorities than a Republican has done in 60 years. Um, however, you know, one of the things people forget in all of that is, you know, instead of getting 20 percent of minority votes, we got 25. You're still losing 75 percent of the vote. So when turnout is exceedingly high, like yeah. it was in this election, and you're losing to a in that demographic 75 percent of the votes, you're going to lose those states. Yeah, the and, absolute and, number went up. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So that that's what. Yeah. You know, if you want to look at one factor that was larger than others on why we gave those states back, that's the thing you should look at. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, why didn't it happen, though, you know, in some other states? Uh, Why Mm -hmm. didn't it happen in Ohio? You know, Mm -hmm. how did, you know, the the population bases there not do that? And those are some of the things that have me scratching my head. And we may spend months trying to figure that out. Uh, How do you win Ohio by eight points or or whatever it ends up being and lose Michigan and Wisconsin where or, or even Pennsylvania, where ideologically, there's a lot of similarities, mm-hmm. um, even geographically. Uh, and and I, I, I don't know what the answer is on that part yet. Yeah. So maybe if we get invited back on another podcast, I can bring yeah, that back. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, one of the things, oh, ahead, one of the things that uh, has been, we've talked about this before, I, I know privately, the, um, the effect of governors in those three states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, were all headed by uh, Democrats and I believe two of the three were headed by Republicans last time. And with the COVID situation, let's face it, I mean, Trump wins this election easily without COVID, without the pandemic. Um, and, you know, COVID and the the media's ability to kind of over scare people about the pandemic, combined with the opportunity that they that created for them to do the mail uh, ballots, uh, really affected the election. and. The mood within those states and the, the mechanics of the election, but mainly setting the mood within those states, w- were those governors. And those governors created kind of a, a climate of fear within their states on the, on the pandemic. And that, that, that probably shifted the votes uh, more than anything, because those states are a lot more uh, paranoid about the pandemic than, like, say, Florida. I mean, Florida, you would think with with all their, um, you know, their older people there, uh, they, you would expect that the COVID would definitely affect them more. But with uh, Ron DeSantis and his completely different attitude and actions in that state compared to up, up north, I think that made the difference. Yeah, I've been to Florida a couple of times. I know you yeah. have. It's a totally different place. <laughs> yeah. Especially in Illinois here. Now the center of the Republican down. Party, too. Yeah, so, uh, it, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe it should have been all along. Yeah, yeah. One last thing. Polling. How about our guy, Kahaley? Got With it right. Every it state right. that he polled, as far as I can tell, uh, at least right now, looks like he was within the margin of error. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there is 
I will count the number of other pollsters that can say that it's zero. Yeah, <laughs> that was easy. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, so he and he was a good difference maker for us down the stretch. I think when when you brought him in, it helped us to really sharpen our focus and, you know, not to toot our own horn here, but, you know, we consolidated all of our resources down the stretch in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, because we knew that's where this was potentially going to be won or lost, yeah. um, and did that far before a lot of other people uh, did, uh, when they were still trying to play a field of 10 or 11 swing states, we were focused on three, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're all right there uh, on this one, and uh, so I, yeah, I give you a lot of credit for uh, bringing in Robert and and having the foresight to narrow our focus early on so that we could be maximally effective, and you know, win or lose, I'm I'm really proud of what was accomplished this particular cycle, uh, you know, by a small but mighty pack like ours, um, and uh, you know that it 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 shows that you don't have to have the most dollars to have the largest impact. You just need to spend them the right way and in the right places. And and I feel like that's what our record was this time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Great work. Any thoughts on Kahaley there, Dan? Is our new friend? Well, you know, I, mean, I, I think he opened a lot of people's eyes. Uh, you know, he was out there last time, and all these pollsters uh, got it wrong last time, and they all pledged to do better. They said they're going to go out and, you know, talk to uh, – regular people, regular folks, and recalibrate and so forth. But then what happened is like about a month after the election last time, after all these pledges of, uh, you know, we're going to do better, then all of a sudden the, uh, you know, the Russian collusion hoax came along and the entire left just said, well, maybe we really didn't lose the election last time. Maybe we were cheated out of it. You know, that was their, that was their delusion. And then they just went back and, you know, hired the same people and they did the same thing. And so I think it's opened a lot of people's eyes twice in a row. Um, You know, they'll probably be hired again because these networks and so forth, you know, they've got a liberal audience and they want liberal polls. You know, that's what they want. It's kind of a form of entertainment or a form of propaganda for them. It's not really, uh, you know, it's not really uh, reality, but I don't think they care that much. So I predict we're going to see the same, most of the same crew back next time. But I think there's going to be a new generation of pollsters coming along that use different methodologies. Yeah, we'll see how they react. I've always thought that. I think I brought it up a couple of weeks ago that when you're not living in reality, it doesn't make you sharpen, you know, your, your skills and whatever else. And because the the media, in large respect, has turned to the marketing arm of the Democrats. The candidates don't have to do much. They just get to they get to push it along and then if the whole left just believes the lie it's going to degrade over time and we're seeing that as we you know the republicans we had a good night for the most part it was right. just the hardest part of this is like republicans right. had a good night and we're still <laughs> waiting on the presidency so yeah. uh but uh yeah we'll see how this continues to play out and what they do next but uh i agree so well good job guys thanks for coming on appreciate it i'm sure we'll We'll have you back on at a future date. But, uh, there'll be more to talk about. Okay, sure. yeah, sounds good. <laughs> All right, very good. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and for supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget, working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next time, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without liberal slant. 
morning in your inbox, always free. Subscribe now at restorationofamerica.com slash first right or text first right to one three one two eight two zero nine one six seven.